Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, good people, welcome to our show. Bad people, welcome to our show. Medium people, anyone, welcome. Today we are going to discuss more about ACO. We are going to cover about ACO journey and how you can switch your career and pay attention to something that you like a lot. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Grace Flourish. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. A big pleasure. Want to learn more about that, Grace? Before we start, just tell more about your self-experience background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, sure. So I'm currently an SEO consultant at Brain Labs. I'm based in London in the UK. Originally, I'm from California, so you can tell by my accent, probably. <laughs> yeah, and I've been in the SEO world uh, about four years, really enjoying it a lot, learning a lot every day. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk more about it today. Can you tell why you decided to relocate from California, always sunny California, to the place where uh, all the time it's raining, <laughs> according to some common oh. thinking? So. <laughs> no, that's a fair question. Um, it honestly it's life just happens um my my husband got a uh transfer to london for work so you know i kind of said hey i guess i'll go with you <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay it's family business yeah got it got it yeah but yeah it's okay to be together all the time okay grace let's start from the basic can you tell about SEO journey? Because, you know, I see uh, all specialists have different uh, background um, and uh, they don't get education on uh, universities. Uh, in most cases, we can start from something else, then switch attention to SEO. I remember Brandin started to post about weight loss. Uh, many other experts have background in marketing or content creation or writing or web development design. Yeah, it, it depends. We are different, but uh, in the end, we are coming to SEO. Can you tell why you decided to switch your attention to SEO and what is your original background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so SEO is my second career. Um, I originally worked in the fashion industry um, and I was based in New York for about 10 years. So I came from the, the fashion world. <laughs> um, yeah, mostly I did product development, uh, project management, um, that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, after 10 years, I decided I really wanted a change. I wanted to kind of do something very different. And I took some time off to explore what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, SEO came up just at, from, from research and from Googling, really. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess here I am. It, I kind of fell into it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. I think, you know, people who have background in fashion or something mm -hmm. similar, you know, they like creativity. 
and it's very important in SEO to be creative. And uh, I remember interesting story about creativity. It's not related to SEO, but you know, I think all digital marketing we can uh, connect with SEO today because it's important to be creative, to stand out from the rest. And uh, Lloyd Richards published a book 11 years ago, and he spent 14 years to write a single book. Yeah, 14 years. You know, for me, it's hard to imagine uh, you now how to spend 14 years to write just one book, but he did it. Uh, and after publishing, uh, he spent some marketing sales budget, but he got random sales, nothing special. Then his daughter posted content on TikTok about this book. A short video. I watched this video. Yeah, interesting, creative video. It's not nice looking design, but yeah, that was uh, an interesting story in short video, less than a minute about this book that offer spent uh, so much time to write this book. And uh, this video became viral. Plus 50 million people watched this video. And this, this book today is bestseller on Amazon. You know, so one, one creative video can beat a lot of uh, marketing and sales channels. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to be creative, to become creative. If you uh, just rewrite others that most websites do, you know, it's hard to achieve any success. Can you tell how to become creative in SEO? What does it mean for you? Because, you know, yeah. I see when webmasters misunderstand creativity and user intent. User intent can tell you need to create content for users uh, according to their, uh, I don't know, questions, preferences. But creativity, yeah. you need to stand out from the rest. So can you tell how to unite them? Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There is definitely uh, a need for creativity to be an SEO, um, for sure. Um, especially if you know, you're like myself, I work for an agency and we advise clients on different strategies. And a lot of times we have to be creative. We're, we're not going from just a, a book of strategies and picking one, you know, we do have to come up with very creative solutions to our clients needs. So, um, so yeah, that's, it's definitely something you learn from experience and I'm definitely still learning <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I do get help, obviously, from my colleagues, you know, asking different people, you know, what would you do in this situation, for example? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's very important. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You are going to speak in Brighton SEO. Yeah, my congratulations. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Can you tell what kind of topic you will have and probably you can unhide some secrets that you are going to cover? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'm speaking at the next Brighton uh, in September in in Brighton. Uh, there's actually one uh, in San Diego later this year as well, which is the first mm -hmm. one in the States. So that's exciting. But um, I'll be in London. Um, sorry, Brighton. Um, <laughs> so my topic, uh, it's about pirates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pirates videos are like pirates. Okay. Um, no, but uh, on a more serious note, it's about the user journey mapping. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, I, I remember when I spoke with webmaster who lost four hundred thousand traffic. No, a lot of traffic. You know, it's hard to uh, earn this traffic. You know, you need to create a lot of content to promote content, but 
he lost this traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So you can imagine, you know, a lot of traffic that didn't convert. Can you tell how to uh, create a strategy that covers uh, buying journey, sales funnel, many things, because I see when companies chase like high volume and other metrics, vanity metrics, but in the end we need to sell. So any tips about yeah. that? Yeah, I, I exactly. So without giving too much away, because I, I want people to come to see my talk later this year, but uh, the idea behind the user journey mapping is to meet the customers where they are in search. So if you think about a, a user's search journey, starting from top of funnel, where they're kind of researching, they're deciding what they're they really want, um, you, you should have content that targets those, that kind of search intent. Um, so more informational intent uh, type of topics. And then as the user moves further down the funnel, the marketing funnel down towards conversion, then you should also have different types of content to meet them where they are. So it's, it's kind of a strategy I helped develop to um, really capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you tell how to collect data about customers before uh, creating this content strategy? You know, because what I see when uh, companies use iChiras, SEMrush, many other great tools, you know, uh, but all tools share the average data according to all yeah. websites online. But we need to consider that our customers are different. And sometimes it's better to think more about customers, uh, how to satisfy their intent than uh, to uh, compete with all online that we have today, you know, plus 2 billion websites. So tell how to collect data and unite with uh, content strategy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it is it is a tricky one. Um, yeah, because users are all different. But we do use AI to help us first build a user journey map. So um, there's, there's like a, there's a tool that we use um, that helps us build it out first, so that we can see top level, you know, where what users are um, what the user journey kind of looks like as they move through it. And then we also feed all of that data into a bespoke tool that we actually developed our, our tech team at brain labs developed this tool that helps us, uh, determine what's the best split of, uh, keywords to target search intents that are, um, most profitable or, the best ones to invest in for for our content strategy mm -hmm. uh, okay let's talk about creating content you know it's interesting okay we have keyword research we group them we know our priorities but uh today especially today when we have ai you know it's hard mm -hmm. to ignore this topic uh and uh, i think ai can help a lot because um you know when companies paid for uh 
copywriters who just rewrote content, they don't need to pay this money, they can save them and just to do it, this, do the same nonsense on AI to get this uh, low quality content, uh, even much better than rewriters can do because uh, AI uh, consider grammar structure, my, my, many other things. But anyway, uh, we need to create high quality content and I cooperate with many great writers who can post on Forbes, Investopedia, many other great websites and all of them. Without any exception, all of them use ChatGPT. All of them, yeah. and I, I, we can't deny this tool exists. But and I, I use a lot of this tool, by the way. It's my regular tool, uh, probably even more than uh, GA4 and uh, Google Search Console, because uh, I analyze data on different tools. But uh, I create content on ChatGPT. I mean, like uh, I usually. Um, edit content on ChatGPT. I, I never generate from scratch because I think, you know, if you feed the tool with the right data, you can get great results. Uh, for example, we did it, uh, we researched about one topic uh, uh, and uh, feed ChatGPT with all this data, uh, got press release and uh, CNN mentioned, you know, about this press release, uh, but uh, ChatGPT didn't generate this text from scratch we fit with the right data. So uh, when you can do it, you can get great results. Can you tell about high quality content, how to yeah. create it by considering that we have ChatGPT that can help us to create this content? Yeah, I think in my experience, I mean, I'm by no means an expert for AI content, but I have been using it very frequently um, in my work. And I think of course, the number one thing is you have to feed it a very good detailed prompt. First of all, like you said, like if the data is good, then the outcome will be even better. So I think that's very important. Um, and I also think you kind of you kind of have to put your own, you know, your own spin on it as well. Um, it's almost like you know, if ChatGPT was like your your writer and then you're the editor and giving it feedback. So it's like a back and forth kind of thing. So, um, and that's another way that gives much better results as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell your methods how to hire experts who can write this uh, great content? I mean, like even uh, text, uh, to create this text uh, because I think the text is foundation of any content. You know, if you have no great text, you can skip many things like design. You know, for example, Investopedia or Wikipedia. Many websites, mm -hmm. they have no great design, but they have high quality, unique text, you know, uh, that users need more. Uh, and um, I think users need simplicity uh, when you have this uh, nice looking design but hard to consume yeah all users will skip it uh, and that's why yeah. we have this bounce rate uh high can, can you tell about uh i mean like uh to hire experts who can create or write this content well, okay they can use chat gpt they can do themselves but your methods to find this specialist who can do it yeah i mean so <laughs> Our agency, we we actually incorporated with, well, I guess our agency acquired a um, like a content writing agency. So we do a lot of content in-house for clients. Mm -hmm. 
So <laughs> I'm, afraid, so, I'm afraid that yeah. is my my answer. Um, I'm I'm not actually very sure or familiar with how to find expert writers, but I I imagine you know there's a lot out there. Um, yeah, of course. If you do your research, <laughs> of course. Uh, but you know, for example, uh, okay, if uh, let's imagine we have great writers who can write awesome, unique valuable name them text great text but what i found if you write only for human being uh, we still need to optimize for search engines and uh, vice versa now we can't uh, optimize for search engines and forget about hu human being it's mix we need to have this mix okay if you get this great text for content creators how to optimize for search engines? I mean, like, do you use special uh, density keywords or anything else that can help Google? I mean, mm, so we we do have a brief. Uh, we do have a, like a templated brief with certain SEO requirements. But again, as you said, this content should be about their users first. Um, users, so humans can can tell if content is written by by AI. Uh, they can mm -hmm. just tell so and they won't like that. So um, there's all there's all these different considerations when you're creating content. And so we we factor that in when we create content. Um, yeah, for for websites. You know, I feel I think that I can feel uh, AI written content, even editing content, you know, because I, I did a lot. I generated a lot of content on ChatGPT. I tested many things and uh, I can feel it. You know, I can feel all this yeah. words, you know, when it, that was written with AI. Yeah, you can feel it, you know, uh, and I think users can do as well. So today it's not a good time to cheat users, uh, yeah. but anyway, you you can use this tool. I use a lot, but with editing, if you edit, then results will be great. Okay, Grace, I want to ask about uh, other aspects like technical optimization, uh, website speed. Can you tell how it's important today to optimize with, with these parameters and how it can impact the ranking positions? Yeah, so when I first started um, in SEO, I think technical SEO was, uh, a very big challenge just because I didn't have that background. Um, but, you know, the more you practice it, the better you get. And that's true for most things. So um, in terms of technical SEO, you know, there's always like the, the, the base things such as metadata and looking at indexability and crawl crawlability of your pages. Um, as well as looking at, you know, JavaScript and I mean, I could really just go on. There's, there's a whole list of things, uh, to check for. So, um, and then, sorry, what was the second part of your question? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what kind of tools do you use, uh, to yeah. check technical optimization and how it's important to optimize with technical optimization because you know um when i check out google search console screaming frog many other tools i see a bunch of errors a lot of errors and sometimes yeah. we don't know what to, uh, to 
what to fix first, you know, and uh, I think um, it's a common issue. Uh, we need to know critical errors that impact a lot more. That's yeah. important to fix. So can you tell your methods? What tools do you use and how yeah. to find these critical errors? Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those screaming frog users. Uh, I find the tool easy to use. Um, and you're right, you know, when you when you don't know the foundational things about technical SEO, um, you can kind of get lost in in the results that it shows. So sometimes you'll see a lot of errors that come up. But if you don't have like that context behind, oh, actually this website is set up a certain way. So so seeing those errors makes sense. Um, that kind of thing so it's good to really have context about the website and how it's set up first of all and then the other thing is checking this and this is something that i think is sets someone apart from being you know a very knowledgeable um and critical thinking seo versus like just kind of going through the motions and you know, downloading the output from the tech, the tech checks, and then sending it to a client, which I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that kind yeah. of output before, where they send like all all these errors, you need to fix, here you go. Um, there's also the element of prioritizing what's the most important for a specific website. Um, you know, it has to align with, with the websites. Um, goals and maybe it has to align with their um their dev their dev team maybe their dev team has certain priorities that are top of the list um you really should be looking at that and also aligning okay like these tech errors align with their roadmap so let's try to get those fixes in first so there is also the element of prioritizing the tech fixes as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Grace, uh, let's talk about something that almost all SEOs hate about link building now. And uh, today, yeah, it's even harder to get results with link building because mm -hmm. overwhelmed, overpriced. And uh, but uh, I think it's time to think more about quality than quantity and uh, even a few yeah. backlinks can change the game can you tell how your agency can decide this issue do you have a team of outreachers who can write a uh, million emails or you use uh, some <laughs> other strategies <laughs> oh gosh uh link building every time i see something on social media about link building i'm just like uh <laughs> You're right. I, I don't enjoy it at all, but um, I can see like the value of it for sure. Um, of course, like the ideal situation is put out great content and people will link to it, right? That's ideal. But sometimes, you know, you need a little help. Um, so, yeah, I think in the past year or so um, at Brain Labs, we've been building up a digital PR section of mm -hmm. the agency to help 
build links that way. I'm, I'm not sure how much I can divulge about that. So I'm just going to say it is in the works. Um, we do plan to have a strategy behind not, not just, you know, sending out all these emails because, you know, how, how often does that actually work? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not yeah. sure, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely important for sure. And I, and I do agree with you that high quality links, uh, count for much more than just having a million links. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Uh, Grace, um, let's talk about, uh, something that it's very important in digital marketing, I think in SEO as well, about strong sites. You know, um, many companies replicate competitors, uh, uh, but I usually tell them, uh, you don't need to do it. Find your strong site where you can be much better than your competitor. You don't need to create content for all topics in your niche. Just create where you can create much better content mm -hmm. than you have. I'm interested about strong site of brain labs. What is your strong side uh, why customers need to go to brain labs to order your services to cooperate with you then a million other agencies that we can have online yeah that's a really good question it's almost like you know what does your brand stand for right so i think what sets brain labs apart is the innovation for one thing um we definitely, you know, I know that the history of Brain Labs, we were uh, ahead of the curve in terms of um, innovating and the, the tech aspect, building tech, uh, custom tech tools, for example. Um, so definitely very forward thinking. Um, and, you know, the a lot of the leaders at the agency kind of showcase that um mm -hmm. from what i can tell as well <laughs> yeah. so i think that's very important um you know there there is definitely some space for kind of like tr more traditional or old school uh digital marketing some of that is still relevant but i think if you are not constantly uh updating and uh taking risks and testing um which brain labs does we're constantly testing all the time then then you're falling behind mm -hmm. well let's talk about this testing you know um i think that uh, mistakes are part of the marketing journey we need to do mistakes especially when you start start something new yeah we start from generic strategies best practices then we can fail and learn from that and um, yeah it's often when companies waste money with marketing but they can learn how to lead the money in the right way can you tell your methods of experimenting because SEO takes time if you yeah. <laughs> uh, made some changes in SEO we need to wait for a long time you know to analyze uh, it it works or not for example in paid marketing we can analyze after a I don't know, 100 clicks, 1,000 clicks, we can learn uh, if it works or not. But in SEO, we need to wait three weeks, months. So any tips about uh, the right experiments in SEO? Yeah, um, that that is a really good point. So um, for me personally, so we actually work 
in partnership with uh, Search Pilot. I don't know if you know Will Critchlow's baby company. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you know. So Search Pilot mm -hmm. specializes in SEO AB testing, um, and we we have a history with them as well. So they, I mean, obviously someone from SearchPilot can probably explain this much better than I can, but essentially their clients are enterprise uh, websites. So they have hundreds of thousands of pages and that actually makes it easier to test when you have that, that big sample of pages. Um, so they'll test like AB testing. So for example, they'll uh, test different title tags for uh, like a version A, version B title tags and see what the results are. Um, and actually that kind of helps kind of speed up that process. And I know SEO can be a bit slow to see results, but but this type of testing is, is really great to kind of demonstrate um, different hypotheses about SEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I opened the website. I need to analyze it. Interesting. So uh, you cooperate with them. You give them content or specific URLs and ask, uh, can you provide this test? Uh, can you tell how, how it works? So they, well, they are their own company, but we do mm -hmm. kind of share data. We share knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. Just just a bit of background. So Will, Will Critchlow, I don't know if you've spoken with him before. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so he, he, he founded Distilled first, um, which was a well, SEO agency based in London. And then, um, he kind of broke off into this, uh, search pilot, which is now, uh, an AB mm -hmm. testing agency. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Uh, what is his name? Will Critchlow. Ah, yeah, people. of course. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spoke with him. I spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember names good, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember all names of companies. But yeah, names I remember. Great. Uh, okay, Grace. Yeah, interested. Yeah, uh, I didn't know about the search pilot, uh, yeah. but yeah, I need to test it. Interesting. Yeah, and and uh, Grace, let's talk about mistakes. You mentioned about mistakes. Yeah, it's part of the process. And can you list mistakes that companies can avoid? I mean, like uh, some mistakes we need to do to learn from them, but we can avoid some mistakes as well to learn before doing something. So can you list mistakes that companies still do but can avoid? Uh, that's a very uh, open question. So, I mean, personally, I've never started my own company. So I guess I can only speak from an employee perspective, but um, I have worked at a lot of different companies before that, you know, I saw, oh yeah, they could have done something better. So for example, in when I worked in New York, um, a lot of the management would kind of would never give feedback <laughs> to their employees. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's very, was very, very common. Um, not that I didn't see that for just one company, but it was like a very recurring problem for uh, 
the industry. Well, the, this was when I was in fashion anyway. So yeah, not giving feedback was really just, it, it doesn't help your growth. It doesn't um, help things improve, situations improve. Um, so a lot of mistakes were, they kept happening and happening. And, and uh, so I think that was one of the things that I noticed. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. that definitely, and that's definitely something that can be avoided for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, Grace, I'm interested about your experience. For example, I found that it's better to cooperate with clients who understand SEO. If they understand, yeah, we can uh, cooperate like a cohesive team. We know why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, why we need to think more about traffic value than getting just more traffic and uh, many things uh, we, we speak one language you know but uh, if clients don't understand usually tell them take my course learn from lily ray jeff coil mike phillips chelsea alvis many great experts uh go to youtube go to google just learn get the basic understand how it works then we can cooperate uh because you know it's the same like if someone wanna i don't know like build muscles or learn foreign language the best coach can help you if you don't understand how it works. If you uh, don't uh, help the coach, I mean, like uh, to do together this uh, dirty job. Let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. You are still in California. You didn't migrate to London. <laughs> and what will you do today to learn more about SEO? What would I do or where would I start? Um, so I would start by just research and a lot of reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so reading things like, you know, the Moz blog or the search engine journal, or, um, I don't know. So there's so much, so much resource out there that you could just kind of self-start, um, which is actually similar to what I did when I first started. Um, so read as much as you can, but there comes to a certain point where, you know, the theoretical like SEO can, can only take you so far. What you really need to do then is to, to do SEO and practice it. So, um, yeah, you can't learn it just by reading. You have to kind of get your hands in there and, and do it. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that, that would be my biggest advice about learning it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I couldn't agree more. You need to make your hands dirty. If you don't, <laughs> I don't know how to get results. It's the same. Like if I read a hundred books, how to play soccer, how I can compete with Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, who prefers to hit the ball a thousand times a day, you know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. You need to practice more. Uh, you can learn. That's okay. Yeah, I learn a lot. I read uh, books. Uh, my, I consume uh, different content, but I know that practice makes miracles. Uh, knowledge only shows the way where you need to go. But yeah. how to open this door, how to come, yeah, you need to practice. And yes, I agree. Yeah, Grace, I want to ask about AI. It's hard to ignore this topic today yeah we chatted a little bit about ai but anyway you know uh, i remember jeff quill told me on my podcast that in the future we will have three companies 
the first company will create AI, develop AI, the second implement, and the third company will be obsolete, who can leave the trade. Can you tell how uh, Brain Labs can implement or develop AI? Uh, what kind of goals do you have to use AI? How it can help to increase productivity and results? Yeah, for sure. I know everyone is talking about it. Um, we're, I think we're not going to stop talking about it for a long time. Yeah. Um, we're already using AI to improve workflows internally. Um, that's step number one. It's, it's definitely a work in progress. You know, it's always like you, you try it out cause, cause AI is, is still developing, you know, it's, it's not perfect yet. Um, so you use it, we, we use it, we feedback, maybe improve processes that way. Uh, one one big way we're using it is, of course, with content development, uh, content production. Um, and we want to try to use it much more to to make us faster, really. Um, so and I think that's one of the one of the big things we need to cap be capitalizing on is using it more to improve our processes. Um, another thing really, and I, I'm sure a lot of SEOs out there can relate is the whole keyword research, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be, it can take a long time. It can be a bit boring for, you know, doing it manually. Um, so we're trying to also speed up that process using AI. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, nice. And Grace, my final question about the future. You know, I have my crystal ball, but I can tell anyone it doesn't work. You know, I tried <laughs> when I bought crypto. You know, I felt that crypto will go up. <laughs> it went down. <laughs> anyway, I never put all eggs in one basket. So I'm okay. That's okay. I can you now invest money that I can lose. And uh, I want to ask about the future in SEO. You know, uh, mm -hmm. we, we get a lot of questions. SEO is that uh, for many years. Uh, but today we have different signals like uh, chatbots that can replace SEO. Probably Apple is going, not probably, yeah, Apple is going to launch a headset, you know, uh, and it will be augmented reality. We don't know how people will change habits, but anyway, uh, we still have time in SEO. I'm pretty sure about that because it takes time to change habits. Uh, people still read uh, newspapers, you know, uh, people yeah. uh, uh, still uh, listen radio you know uh, and it takes time you know especially if you're talking about SEO when almost everyone uses this channel can you tell what kind of future bill will be in SEO in five ten years and how to adapt today to this possible future yeah that's really funny I actually saw your post about is SEO dead <laughs> and I swear people have been saying that for years <laughs> so it's not it's not necessarily a new idea but uh i tend to be an optimist i think honestly seo is not gonna die at probably ever but it's gonna evolve just like people just like humans it's gonna evolve to adapt to the new environment like like ai like uh google uh generated serps so 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's going to die at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, yeah, I wrote on my post that I think, yeah, SEO will be dead a hundred percent because everything has the end. And remember Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. said that Amazon will be bankrupt in one day, but I have no idea when it will happen you now. So, because, but I know exactly people who market on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. Mm -hmm. They adapted to digital. If mm -hmm. SEO will change to any other environment, we can move to this environment. But you know, SEO is not only how to rank on Google. It's more about how to create high quality content, how to increase website speed, how to earn backlinks that will bring traffic, you know, create brand awareness. So for me, SEO can teach a lot that you can adapt to any other environment. Um, it doesn't I agree. matter. Yeah, you can rank on Google, you can rank on at any other environment, but you have skills how to do it, you know, and adapt to a new channel, new environment. And why I wrote in my post, if SEO is that, you can get even more organic reach because if you do it faster than your competitors, where all attention will come, you can get great results because many companies, uh, they need time to adapt to a new channel. They yeah. wait, procrastinate, uh, and... Uh, yeah, I remember 10 years ago, many companies ignored SEO. Today, everyone, all companies have websites. So, yeah. And it's harder today to compete. That was 10 years ago. And uh, if you switch your attention fast to where attention is, so you can get results. Grace, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, yeah. to learn from you. I love it. I'm waiting for insights from Brighton SEO. Hope you will cover all this. Yeah, insights. maybe I'll I'm... see you there. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not going uh, yeah, uh, in London <laughs> on this year. We'll see you probably on, on the next. Yeah, <laughs> I have no plans about that. But yeah, I'm waiting for insights. I, I will share on my social media, you know. Uh, tell, yeah, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, um, I'm actually not on Twitter, <laughs> but I am on LinkedIn. So you can reach uh, out to me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I mean, looking forward to messages. Um, shout out. <laughs> nice. And what about threads? Do you use threads? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I was actually debating if I should. But I think <laughs> okay. I'm so curious that I probably will just go try it out <laughs> uh okay i don't know I, I remember when i tried clubhouse and yeah oh, i spent some I time there and got it it's not my format and yeah probably mm -hmm. i'm not alone because today i, I don't hear about clubhouse anything mm -hmm. and but uh, friends i don't know we'll see we'll see uh, grace thanks again love it so valuable waiting for insights guys i'm going to share these insights on my social media you can find links to linkedin account in the description below to the website brain labs uh, so yeah you can open links uh, reach out to the agency to grace to tell that you uh phone you listen to this audio podcast will be great and see you next time thanks for listening to this entire podcast Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon.
on other valuable audio podcasts.